This time of the church here is always, <clears throat> excuse me, always a wonderful one. A wonderful one of preparation, a wonderful one as we remember when Christ came in the flesh, but also look forward to the time that Christ comes again. And as we sit on this day and we focus in on peace, the peace that God gives, I want to do a little thought exercise with you for a moment, okay? So you can close your eyes if you wish. You can leave them open if you wish. My mind wanders too much sometimes when they're closed, so I always have to focus on something. So it's okay, either way. But what I want you to think of, and whether it's a short time or a long time, I want you to think of a time that you can remember in your life where everything was as it should be, where everything is in its proper place. Things are going well. There's not a lot of cares or issues. Uh, you know, you might think that there's a need coming up, but that need's already been taken care of. You have resources to deal with it, whatever it may be, if it's financial or emotional, whatever that is, whatever season in life you want to think of, I want you to think of that time when everything was just as it should be. Now I want you to go a little bit towards the end of that time, right around the time when things stopped being as they should be. Whatever moment it was, whatever peace it was, whatever uh, thought it was, but everything broke down because there's a time when that happens, right? I mean, you can think through seasons of our nation when everything was kind of as it should be and then all of a sudden something happens and it breaks apart. You can think of times and a relationship where everything is as it should be. And then something happens and it, it breaks down. Something falters. Something, something falls apart in the midst of it, right? Sit with that for a second. <clears throat> it's a hard spot to sit in. You start to wonder, will it be good again? Will things be right Again, will it ever be like it was? Will it be better? But all you know is in the midst of it, it's hard. You can't seem to find the answers to things. You can't quite seem to figure out what each day is going to bring. Maybe there's just no foresight at all and you're stuck in the moment of just lostness. It's a hard spot to be in. Because you remember how good things were. You remember how everything was in its right spot. You remember how beautiful it was. And you wonder, why can't we have that again? Why must it be hard now? Why must it be broken now? Why must it be falling apart now? It's a bit of where the Israelites... Uh, and the people of God were at when Isaiah was prophesying to them. You see, Isaiah came in after David, after Solomon. Okay? And remember, David came in after Saul, so David was the second king, right? The one who gathered all of God's people together, the one that made the nation strong, the one that gave them their identity, the one who was seen to be the Messiah and the Savior in that moment, the one who was gathering God's people all together, and everything was good. 
The nation of Israel at that point in time, Israel and Judah, the two kingdoms brought together, it ranged from the Euphrates to the Nile. They're one of the largest groups of people in their time frame. Partially because of the leadership and partially because a lot of the surrounding nations were distracted and they weren't really focusing on what was going on in Israel. So they just said, hey, well, good. This is a great time to expand. And they did. They, get, they gathered land. They got their people together. The temple was built under Solomon, right? So between David and Solomon, everything really was going good. Now, there were struggles each day, of course, but God was at the center of things. And then towards the end of Solomon's reign, that started to falter. It started to fall apart a bit. By the time Solomon was done, Israel and Judah had split again, got a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. People of God are split. There's different gods that are being looked at. There's other people besides Yahweh, other gods besides Yahweh that are being focused upon. Other countries are coming in and taking over. They're taking land. They're taking people. The Assyrians are getting stronger and now at this point starting to take people into captivity. Things are falling apart. And the Israelites are wondering, Lord, it was so good. What happened? Are we ever going to see that again? Are we ever going to have that again? Why are things breaking apart? We're still your people, God. And then Isaiah comes in. And Isaiah was a prophet for about four different kings during the time of about four different kings after this. And the Assyrians continued to come in with their strength continued to come in and take hundreds of thousands of people into captivity and continued to ransack city after city as they came through this area. And yet, Isaiah, in the very beginning of his prophecies here, starts talking about a time when the swords are beaten to plowshares and the spears are beaten to pruning hooks, and all the nations shall come to Israel, and all the nations shall come to Jerusalem, and everybody will stream towards the house of God and get along with one another and hear one another and be taught and led by the ways of the Lord. Can you imagine how good that would sound in those moments of darkness? Remember that moment you were just thinking about where everything had fallen apart. What were the bright points during that moment? Oftentimes, it's a family member or a church family member. Someone coming in to tell you something so beautiful, so wonderful, that you kind of forget that it's really that good, and then all of a sudden you hold on to it because it's the only thing you have left to hold on to. It's the only thing in which you could grasp onto. And then you're reminded of something. It's not your strength that makes a difference in how, hold, how tight you hold on to that good thing, but it's the fact that God holds on to you. It's the fact that his promises are still true in the midst of whatever dark time you're walking through. It's the fact that in your baptism, he has made you your, his child. Getting all my words mixed up. 
It's the fact that he has made you his child. It's the fact that he holds on to you in the midst of all of the trials, and yet he still promises a day when everybody streams towards him in his house. Not because he's separate from his creation anymore, but because he's in the heart of his creation once again, in the heart of his people, living life every single day in the midst of what he was created where things are whole, where everything's are absolutely right, where everything's are absolutely perfect, where everything is absolutely as it should be. See, and that's what we look forward to. That's what we look forward to in those times when things feel like they're absolutely broken apart. We remember who our God is. And that's what Isaiah is prophesying to these people of God. Say, remember who your God is. Remember who he is as the one who loves his people. Remember who he is as the one who has promised life and peace and hope and joy and love. And so we hear these words of Isaiah, and we know that Isaiah is the one that later on in his prophecies has beautiful prophecies of the coming of the Messiah and nails to a T exactly how Christ comes into the world to be born as a child, to be born as one in the creation. Yet in these verses here, he's talking about a day we haven't seen yet. He's talking about a day that we look forward to also. He's talking about the day when Christ comes again and the peace that Christ brings in the midst of that. And you've heard me say it before, and I'll continue to say it until we all know it really well, that peace that he's talking about in that final time, absolutely, there's a non-conflict. He's talking about that in the fact that there's no more war and there's no more of anything like that. Nation upon nation, meaning people group among people group, all get together. But the bigger part of peace is a wholeness, a completeness. The fact that God has made the relationship right between his people and himself. The fact that God can be with his people once again because there isn't an evil or a sin that has to be separate from God. But the fact that he has done away with that so that he has made his people whole again and he has made the relationship right again so that we can be in his presence. That there is no separation. That there is no more darkness. There is no more war. There is no more of any of that. And we sit in the light of that peace and we look forward to it. Because we know when we look at the world around, we don't see it. And it's got to come from somewhere other than just the daily lives of stuff going on around. And the places where you see it are here. In and amongst God's word, in and amongst his gifts, where he promises his presence and baptism and, and his supper. In those places where he promises to be for your good, for your salvation, for your forgiveness, and where he promises to be your God. He's not separate from you, and he's not far away. And so we rest in those promises, trusting his word, looking forward to that full day of peace where everything is absolutely right again. Where God is with his people. And it's all accomplished through what Christ has done for you. So this Christmas, as we look 
and we celebrate Christ coming into the world, into the creation. We look and we see him come in as a baby and we then look forward as we know in the church year and we see it wrap around towards Holy Week and Easter. We know Christ's purpose, coming to die and forgive you of your sins, but it's also to make things right between you and God, and he's done that. It's accomplished. It's won. And it's sure. And it's certain. And now we look forward to that day that Isaiah prophesies about, where that peace will be fully realized, where that peace will be all that there is every single day and night, day in and day out, living in the light of God, in his presence and in full peace. And it's in that peace that we wait. Amen. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we look forward to the day where you walk amongst your people once again, where we sit with Christ at the wedding feast of the Lamb, where we sit in peace with one another and all the people that you have gathered unto yourself. We pray that you give us hearts shaped by that peace so that when we have opportunity, we may share glimpses of that peace with one another and with the world around us. And as things are not peaceful each day here and now, we pray that you would focus our eyes upon that peace which you bring, a peace that passes all understanding, a peace that is founded and solid and secure in Jesus as you have forgiven our sins and all that he has done. And we pray that all that we would do now would give thanks to you and glorify you. In your son Jesus' name we pray, amen.